Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Welcome to Revive the Drive. My name is Daniel Bennett, and here in the studio with me today are my good friends, fellow pastors, co-laborers, Rich Burkle and Art Georges, and we are talking about heaven. Uh, We began our our last session discussing some questions about heaven. We talked about why it's an important topic and uh, how do we know that it's real, who who goes to heaven, who gets to participate in that. And uh, we're going to ask a couple other questions, and again, some of these are adapted from uh, Peter Kreeft, and, and some of them are just questions that people have asked us. And and uh, this is kind of a broad question, and there's going to be some overlap in, in these. But uh, Art and Rich, as you think about uh, heaven, what do you think some misconceptions are about what heaven is like? What are some misconceptions people have about heaven? Well, I think there's a major misconception, and it, 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 it actually falls on the hearts of everyone who considers it, unless they think through it carefully. My 12-year-old daughter this morning, as I was taking her to school, started talking to me about heaven, and she said, it's going to go on forever, Dad. How do I know I won't be bored? Mm-hmm. And and I reminded her that uh, we only get bored when nothing new seems to come our way, when hmm. when nothing is changing. And I reminded her that Scripture uh, alludes to the fact that we will continue to learn, we'll continue to explore, we'll continue to grow in our knowledge, uh, even in the heavenly realm. Yeah, there, whenever I was a youth pastor, I asked the, the kids, uh, tell me that what are the things you enjoy about earth? What are the things you enjoy about life? We were talking. We were kind of uh, going through some some parts of Randy Alcorn's book on heaven, and you know they mentioned you know they enjoy games and they enjoy creating things and they enjoy entertainment and, and things like that. I said, now tell me what's going to be in heaven, and uh, they, they everything they listed about what was going to be in heaven, uh, none of the things they listed about that were the things they enjoyed about life. And so I said, now why in the world are you guys looking forward mm. to heaven? Because your con- your conception of heaven is is full of things that you have no enjoyment of here here on earth. And so I think part of that is due to our sinful nature, but but part of it is because we don't understand heaven rightly. Uh, there, there's a great scene in uh, C.S. Lewis's uh, The Last Battle from the Chronicles of Narnia, and uh, the, the children have entered heaven. And uh, one of the sisters, Peter uh, is asked by his sister, uh, where is this, do you suppose? And he says, I don't know. It reminds me of somewhere, but I can't give it a name. Could it be somewhere we once stayed for a holiday when we were very small? And uh, they go on and they, they explore and they say, it's, it's, if you ask me, says Edmund, it's like somewhere in the Narnian world. Look at these mountains ahead and the big ice mountains beyond them. Surely they're rather like the mountains we used to see from Narnia, the ones up westward beyond the waterfall. And as they go on and they talk and they, about where they are and they say, well, um, we're, we're like where we used to be, but it's different. They have more colors on them. They look further away. They're they're more mm. more real, mm-hmm. you know. And so this idea that that heaven is is uh, is is even more real than what we experience now. That what we experience now is what Lewis calls the, the shadow lands. Right. Um, what, what are some things that again just misconceptions about heaven and, and what is it going to be like? 
Well, one of the major ones maybe is that it'll always be clouds and we'll be floating around. And, and because we can't think of anything else, and we think of heavens as air and, and clouds, and so we think that it'll be like that instead of the material existence that we experience now. Absolutely. The, uh, Rich is here. I think, I think one of the... Uh, I think one of the common um, ideas that presents itself to us when we think about heaven is is true, but um, maybe not true in the way we think about it. So uh, in other words, we're going to be singing around the throne of God and giving praise to him and worshiping him. And oftentimes we begin to think about, you know, uh, maybe a Sunday evening singspiration or whatever, and then it's going to which is, you know, in my view, it's great for an hour. Good for an adult. You know, it's great good for, for an adult, but for a kid. <laughs> well, even as an adult, it's good for about an hour. You know? <laughs> and then you want to get up and do something else. And um, and so so I, you know, I I think that uh, when when we begin to think that as our as our dominant idea, then then we kind of lose sense of the aspects of heaven that that give the color and the variety and and the the joy that I believe will be there. You know, one aspect that that causes maybe us to to not want to sing more for an hour or two is um you know our our first our physical bodies and their their weariness also our our reduced vision of God. We we mm-hmm. don't see God mm-hmm. like we today like we will then. We see him through a glass darkly. Now the the you know, our sanctification is intended to cause us to see God more and more clearly the longer we live on this earth, but we'll never be able to see God as we will then. And and it's hard to enter into how that will excite us mm-hmm. when we see Him. If if we have a, especially if we have a dim view, but even if if we are you know have a as far as you know people on earth have a pretty uh, glorious view of God, it's still not anything compared. It's uh, I guess maybe to use a you know, sports analogy, you know, um, those who love sports and imagine being um, at a Super Bowl game or at a NCAA national championship game and, you know, your two favorite teams are playing and they are the two best teams that have – college teams that have ever played basketball. You know, they're flying high, they're hitting jumpers, they're playing defense, and it's back and forth, back and forth. You could hardly imagine getting a sports fan could hardly imagine getting bored. Mm-hmm. If that game went into you know quadruple overtime, you, you're not going to get bored. You're not going to wish it would end. You're gonna, there's a sense there that you say, "This is so exciting, so tense. I feel so alive watching this that I, I don't want it to stop." Mm-hmm. And and uh, so sometimes this image of of a worship service because our worship service kind of lacks some of that that enthusiasm <laughs> and we can start placing that onto heaven you know yeah, yeah. um the music will be much more wonderful the, uh, my voice my is going to be voice. much more wonderful <laughs> uh, my vision of god is going to be much more right. wonderful it's right. going to be glorious but you know it's kind of ridiculous a bit you know is to think about heaven being boring when the only excitement we know is created excitement from god who created heaven right. and and right. he, he in the heaven he created, he created for eternity. The earth he created for for time. And and Daniel, you referenced you know C.S. Lewis speaking of of this place as being like a shadow of what what's mm. what's real. And the shadow is pretty awesome. You yeah. know, if we if we go to the Grand Canyon, we go to the ocean, we go to some of these beautiful places. We go, well, this is pretty awesome shadow. Yeah. But it, it it's gonna it, this pales compared to what will be. 
And even beyond uh, the time spent, as we think of in worship, uh, we will work. Uh, we will have sanctified work to do. And I can remember doing some landscaping years ago around my house and just being caught up in the joy of that work uh, and feeling that it was sanctified to the glory of Christ and realizing that in eternity I was going to feel so fulfilled by the work of my hands and and what a joy that was for me to think of that. Now I got a hernia as a result of that landscaping. That won't happen. But that's in a story heaven. for a different broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was still joyful. <laughs> we, we st- <laughs> we're gonna have to catch you off there, Art. <laughs> Going on so, to our next topic. So the topic. misconception, you know, to sum up, you know, the misconception is we we kind of think of heaven as this this dream state, but in, in it's actually more real in terms of our ability to know God, relate to God, enjoy God than than what we're experiencing right yeah. now. And and maybe to to jump on a little bit what what Art was was driving at. I, you know, I think of uh 1 Corinthians 13, it says faith, hope and love, right? These three. But then it says the greatest of these is love. And and why is that? Um well, faith won't be necessary in heaven because faith becomes sight. Mm. Hope won't be necessary in heaven. First, there's nothing to despair over, and hope is realized, right? Mm -hmm. But love, love is the greatest because love continues on throughout of eternity. And so heaven is the place of love. So whatever loving actions we can possibly fathom here on this earth, uh, we multiply that exponentially out, and and that's what heaven is. And, you know, the, the good things of this world... Are the things that love produces? You know, I, I, I think it, uh, of you know the, the when I think of my life and I think of the greatest joys, I think of mm. the, the of what love produced. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's my wedding day, it's the birth of my children. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, these sweet conversations, it's the walks in the evening with my wife, or the the conversations with a good friend. You know. Uh, it's uh, you know going to Africa with my friend Daniel Bennett uh, um, and his family, but it, no, it's, it, it's these love loving things that that create the joy and excitement for life. Mm-hmm. And again, heaven is the place of love. Well, and as you mentioned that, uh, many people ask the question: Will we recognize loved ones in heaven? Will we be with those whom we've known in this life who have? come to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, and will we recognize him? Will we know him? Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, I, I like what uh, you know. Peter Kreeft uh, uh, quotes George MacDonald. Uh, he answers that question <laughs> yeah. with a counter question. Well, will, will we be greater fools than we are here? You know, And you, you see uh, Jesus in his glorified body is, is recognized by his uh, disciples. He's recognized by people. There's There are things that seem to be different about him physically that cause people not to recognize him immediately, but uh, they, but they, they also recognize him and know that it's him. They can can uh, affirm that this this is indeed Jesus. And, you know, I, I believe that story of the rich man and Lazarus uh, that Jesus tells is, is mm. not a parable. I think it's a real story that Jesus has given a glimpse of, of a real situation that and a real conversation, but... Um, you know the the rich man recognizes Lazarus. So if a person in in hell <laughs> recognizes a person who who is in in the place of God's blessing, um, then then surely we would. Right, right, and also uh, we have the 
account of the transfiguration of our Lord. And on that mount, Peter, James, and John saw accompanying Jesus as he was transfigured, Moses and Elijah. And they somehow, had their name tags on. Somehow, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think so, but somehow they understood that they were there. And I don't think it was simply by uh, Jesus informing them afterwards, for they walked down that mount and they began to talk about Elijah as if they understood that he was standing before him, mm. them in that in that uh, yeah. encounter. And so we'll know people that we have not yet met. Mm. Yeah, we'll go up to the Apostle Paul and say, "Why in the world did you write so many hard things?" As mm-hmm. Peter uh, yeah. accuses him of doing. Yeah, we encourage people in our church to wear name tags so that uh, we become approachable to other people. It's a means by which we love others. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I don't think that we'll need name tags in heaven. <laughs> no, you know, <laughs> just think of all the people that are going to be there throughout the ages. Yeah. But we won't and, have uh, we won't have omniscience, so we'll still. There'll still be some sort of lack of knowledge, so conversation right. takes place, and, and maybe even in the transfiguration, he he overhears them. Did he say Moses? Is that I, I don't know, but <laughs> somehow we'll be able to find people out. We won't need name tags, and we'll get to experience There's the joy a big of doctrinal those controversy uh, um, boiling here on <laughs> on revive the tribe. Yeah, huge. <laughs> Daniel's going to start that's the denomination. Jephthah? He's the one that made that foolish vow. What was wrong with him? <laughs> Daniel starts the denomination of the initial unrecognized of heaven. <laughs> and then there'll be like a secondary uh, – So, so heaven will go on polite, for so long because we'll right. try to figure out who everyone is. <laughs> right. Well, we'll remember everybody's name then in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, you know, I, again – The secret um, things belong to the uh, Lord. Right. Well, there are some things that are speculation we use our imagination with, and, and I think Scripture gives us some impressions about these matters, but – but uh, the overall question, though, is is uh, will we maybe will we remember the, our relationships of the past? So when we know, like when I know Daniel and I know Art, will I think about our doing revive the drive, talking mm-hmm. about heaven when I get to Earth? Mm-hmm. You know, and so how much will we remember of this current life that we shared together and and the experiences we had together? Um, and so what what do you guys think about that well that that's uh that that kind of brings up a kind of a related question you know if so if i if I can recognize my loved ones in heaven and and know them what what does that mean about my ability to be happy if someone i I love isn't there you know so so I think those are all kind of related to what's my what's my pre pre memory and uh you know i I'm not I'm not positive about that. You know, some people have talked about uh, God's giving us uh, some divine amnesia. I don't, I don't know if, if that's the case, but I think that whatever the case is, our, our our ability to comprehend reality is now done through uh, eyes that comprehend the glory of God. Mm. And so, as we look back onto relationships that were in the past, uh, memories of the past. Um, we're we're filled with uh, not uh, not regret in the sense of I'm not as happy as I should be. be- I'm not uh, I'm not sad because of the uh, things I think about in the past. But um, I'm comprehending the glory of God manifest in whatever situation is that that I'm thinking through and seeing sure. how God yeah. God's name is exalted through That's all. That's good. That. That's good. Said another way, we'll 
be able to see even whatever we thought was wrong in a relationship or in an action in mm. the past, how God actually used it for good, and it will be sanctified by mm. that uh, more perfect knowledge. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, you know, as we think about that, do you, do you think we'll have what we'll call negative emotions? I, I think most people assume, and rightly so, that we're going to have a lot of positive emotions in heaven, the joy, uh, peace, um, uh, just ha- a general happy state. Uh, heaven is a happy place. Uh, but do you think we'll, we'll have sadness in heaven um, uh, regarding the things that that you talked about? Um, mm. Maybe regarding others who aren't there. Maybe regarding things that where we we recognize there that we really blew it here. Um, that we could have lived so much more to the glory of God, and we allowed sin to enter in. Um, so right. do you think there will be sadness that will be a part of any part of that experience? Well, well, certainly not in the form of tears, right? We know that that uh, that, that, that sorrow in that sense is abolished. Um, but we do we do know that there will be levels of, of reward. So so perhaps we're, we're, perhaps the, the way to understand it is in our that there may be a decrease in our capacity to experience joy as, as based upon what we've done in the past. In other words, a person who's uh, understood God more now, lived more according to, to what God has told us to do, will have a greater capacity to enjoy the beauty of God in, in eternity. What do you think about that, Art? Do you think there's any regret that we might have in heaven yeah. over over you know lost opportunity? or? I, I think perhaps at the judgment seat of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, when we are being judged for our faithfulness, uh, but I believe uh, that that will be put away as we settle into our eternal reward, and I don't feel that any of us will be envious of another, uh, and I believe that regret will be put away. As Daniel's talking about perhaps uh, a greater enjoyment, I don't, I don't know that we'll have an envy, though, of someone who has sure. a sense of a higher authority sure. or position in that kingdom. Any aspect related to sin that's connected to emotion certainly won't be there. Right. Any aspect that's related to uh, a continued fallenness, like a sorrow that that doesn't know abounds. You know, like in in this world, there are some sorries sorrows that uh, we may carry with us the rest of our life, mm-hmm. all the way till the day we die. You know, so for instance, the sorrow that a parent has at losing a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't say that that sorrow will ever, ever go away, you know. Right, right. But in heaven, that sorrow will. Yes. In other words, that that's that's the kind of sorrow that that certainly will. Um, and yet, you know, you alluded, and I, I think so too. Is as, as we read descriptions about the day of of uh, accounting, you know, the the judgment seat of Christ, when we give an account of our lives of what we have and haven't done, um, and uh, some are going to emerge with great reward. Others going to be emerge as though escaping from fire, escaping from mm-hmm. hell itself, just just uh, just with ourselves and our soul. Um, I, I do think that those descriptions are given to to help say avoid missing out on the prize that God would have for you because it it's going to be a, a sad time to miss out on a prize, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a joyful time to receive the prize, and mm-hmm. and so there's going to be some of that. I think. In our experience now, again, how how long that tarries the, those emotions? I, I don't think there's discontent in heaven. I right. don't think there's a perpetual kicking ourselves and guilt and shame. Those are associated with sin. 
Um, right. But uh, but it's an interesting thing to think about the emotions we'll have in heaven. How good it is to know that all emotions, every emotion—anger, jealousy, uh, despairing, grief—every emotion connected with sin and fallenness will be completely removed. Every emotion connected with life, uh, joy, happiness will be received in a greater fullness than we possibly could have imagined. Mm-hmm. Well, again, we're, we're grateful that uh, you're listening to us uh, here at Revive the Drive, and uh, we hope that this is an encouragement to you in your life. We would encourage you to pass, pass this uh, CD or MP3 on to a friend. Uh, we trust there will be an encouragement to many. God bless you.